Welcome to the Boss Life with Bonds podcast. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and I'm here to help you level up your mindset, your lifestyle, your career or business all the way up. That starts with your mind and your willingness to embody the most evolved and most expansive version of yourself. Each episode, I'll be diving into the topics you've been avoiding or that you didn't even know needed to be addressed. The topics that have created belief systems that have kept you stuck and that no longer serve you. I'm here to call you out on your BS so you can create a new mindset, a new vision, and ultimately a new life where you are the boss. Let's dive in. What is up, guys? And welcome to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I'm laughing because in the recording on my computer, I can see where I attempted to do a podcast Friday when I was still very, very sick and it wouldn't have sounded good at all. And I was also probably day drinking, like my shirt says right now, day drinking. And the podcast that I recorded on Friday while I was still very like at the depth of the sickness was, I don't want to say trash, but I hope that it never gets released. That's probably something I could get canceled over. I don't know. I don't know. I was just rambling and it didn't make any sense. And um, maybe one day I'll go back and reinterpret it. Um, when I'm not sick and they're flu drunk. So anywho, moving right along. Um, before we jump into anything, happy Memorial Day, guys. I hope that you're enjoying your time with your family, your loved ones. Um, I spent so much time in the service industry that I forget holidays are a thing. So I'll message my team and be like, oh, snap, it's a holiday, guys. No, no, we're not having a meeting today. Uh, because I'm just so like holidays are not a thing for years. I've waited tables while I was pregnant on Mother's Day, on my birthday, like New Year's Eve. So I totally forget these things are happening. But with that said, it is Memorial Day and that's a cause for a sale here in the States. So if you're not on my email list, I did send out an email this morning that told you all of the crazy sales that we're having right now in the mind and body community. Right now we're doing half off our memberships, whether that's the OG membership or whether that's the 2.0 membership where you have re weekly group coaching calls. Um, I've got 10 call slots open. This is a unique thing that I made up when I decided I wasn't going to play in the coach cookie cutter box anymore. But one of these unique offers that I made up was that today and today only on Memorial Day, we got 10 calls. Okay. Five of them are regular like mindset breakthrough calls and the other five are for my entrepreneurs who need a little guidance with their business and with their strategy and want to know how to make it more aligned and feel better in their business so they can flow better. I have 10 of those slots available and they're at, one of them I think is $50 off. The other one is 30. If you click the link in my bio, which I'm going to drop in the show, in the show notes and in the caption you'll be able to see, it'll take you right there with the discounted link and then you'll be all good to go. Um, what else are we doing? We're doing discounted courses. Um, we bundled up some packages today so that you can grab like two for one. And the most exciting part is we announced our very first mind and body retreat, which is happening in October in Puerto Rico. This is something that I, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that this is the direction that we want to go in when building the community but the majority of my clients are abroad and they've never interacted with me in person. And I think it would be just freaking amazing to be able to be in each other's energy um, for my fitness clients, for them to be able to be, you know, go through a session with me, but then also sit through like a teaching session with me as well. Um, have the team be there, Coach Tisha. Uh, she's our Reiki master, 
master Reiki practitioner. We've got Coach Des. He's going to be doing some Tantra healing. He's going to be doing some um, chakra balancing. So much like just, it, it's going to be insane. And I'm super excited. All of this information is going to be in the link uh, below in the show notes or in the caption or in the comments, however that works. Um, if I go into a coughing spell on here, luckily I'll probably pause the podcast, but if you're watching this live, Hey, <laughs> and I feel it coming. So I got the announcements out of the way. You guys know the huge Memorial Day sale going on. That is only today. So everything ends at 12 a.m. Tuesday. Is that right? Yes. Okay, cool. Moving right along. So this question about intuition has been something that I have brought up. Um, I've been talking about it in my stories, like nobody's business. And I've been getting a lot of feedback from women about it as well. In fact, the email that I sent out where I was explaining my stance on why I don't align with, with the online coaching space anymore right now, um, a lot of women wrote back, which never happens from like a marketing email, but a lot of women wrote back and it felt so good to connect with them. And a reoccurring theme that I kept hearing <coughs> was how do you like, you know, that's so cool that you're listening to your gut, you're trusting your intuition. How do you do that? And I was like, hmm, looking through the podcast to see if I had spoken on it. I've talked about embodiment. I've talked about uh, the cost of not listening to your intuition, but I don't think I've ever really like done a, a, a lesson, if you will, at least on the podcast about how to tap into your intuition. So that's what I'm going to try to cover today. So now that I've taken like the coach hat off and also let me clarify what that means, guys. I'm still a personal trainer. So like if I work with someone for their fitness and they want to call me coach, that makes sense. What I was frustrated with, what I am frustrated with, and what I'm no longer playing these fucking reindeer games with is the online coaching space um, in any capacity, <laughs> whether it has to do with like the whole fitness thing or whether it has to do with um, life coaching, personal development, um, the things that I do. Uh, the thing that used to frustrate me the most was that I can never pick a niche and I hated that I had to. Every coach I've ever had, everyone that I know is like, Bonnie, you'll skyrocket so much faster if you just pick a niche, if you just pick a niche. And the more that I listen to myself, and this is in alignment with trusting your intuition, the more that I listen to myself and realize just how serious this ADHD is and understand that it's not a bad thing, that it's something that I get to work around, it's something that I get to learn, um, I'm no longer feeling the need to conform to the ways that people tell me I have to do things. Like unless I'm breaking the law or harming somebody else, um, like, and you know, slowing someone's day down or hurting someone's money, like I'm going to do things my way. There's a reason why I left the workforce and always felt within my heart that I didn't want to work for anyone. Um, I thought it was the entrepreneurial spirit, but it also has a lot to do with the, the neurodivergence in my brain. Like we just do things differently. So one of the things that was frustrating me in the coaching space is everyone saying, ah. <coughs> I knew this was going to happen, <coughs> saying that I have to pick a niche. <coughs> And I didn't realize it until recently. Thank you, ladies. <coughs> I thought we were going to have a good one. I thought we were going to make it through without the coughs. 
Okay. I, it didn't hit me until recently why I struggled to pick a niche. But when I look at the core of who I am, and I've said this and it's pissed off some of my mentors and business coaches and even, you know, loved ones that told me you'd always be broke if you choose this route, is I'm a pastor at heart. Like I went to school for ministry. I wanted to create a nonprofit organization for teenagers, troubled families, and their parents. Um, so when I'm teaching or when I'm going live or when I'm doing a podcast, I think that my mind is still so stuck in you are you are preaching to a congregation or you are teaching a congregation that I don't feel the need to niche it down because it's wisdom. And wisdom, whether it comes from <coughs> whatever ancient texts, religion you believe in, wisdom is wisdom. Transcends space and time, right? And so I wrote down on my wall on this dry eraser board a few weeks back, just one day when I was meditating or I was high, who knows? And I wrote, what would it look like if you leaned all the way into being a thought leader? Because at my core, that is what I wanna be. That is what I wanna be known for. That's what I wanna do. And thought leaders don't necessarily have to have a niche. Like it's usually spirituality or some type of wisdom. And for me to get online every day and act like a coach that only talks about manifestation or only talks about feminine energy or only talks about mindset, only talks about one thing, like I think that's dope. I love it when other people do it. But there is such a disrest in my soul when I try to go about it that way that it just doesn't make any sense. Like at what point do I have to start taking a dose of my own medicine, right? One of, I, I, it literally just hit me, just like it just hit me the other day, Bonnie, you're a pastor. That's why you don't niche down. Pastors don't really have niches. You know, they have like religions maybe, but like they they speak on wisdom and, and, and giving messages of encouragement, of compassion, of direction, vis, uh, vision and wisdom to the people, right? No matter what they are. So yeah, I'm not abandoning that. And I think that was something that really triggered me this week that made me go off on that. I'm not a coach then. Cause someone told me, no, you don't need to be a thought leader. You'll be broke. And I was like, well, cool. That is, that is who I am though. Um, the next thing was hey, girl. Um, where was I? Was I? The other thing that I was always told that I'd be broke was like, if I decided to be a teacher and I looked around and I was like, I create courses. I teach at a lunch and learn. I research information, I make it digestible, and I give it back to people in a way that they can understand. That sounds like a teacher to me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm like, and, and I'm going to lean into what I am versus what people say I think I should be. Because this has been a lifelong theme. And if you listen to the podcast long enough, you know that I've always felt like I'm in somebody's box. And, and that I can't say what I really want to say. And that I'm, I'm, gonna offend someone or here's another reason why we self-sabotage or why we self-abandon is because we're afraid that we'll lose the love and respect to people it really hit me this this past week this week was insane i needed to be sick because i needed to slow down and not have anything to do and just receive and listen but i've been putting myself every time i get out of a box right whether that's church whether that's a relationship whether it's a community whatever every time i get out of a box i go and like go back into default mode and start trying to find another box to put myself into. Can anybody relate to that? Whether that's with relationships, whether that's with situations, like you get out of something and then you find yourself like unconsciously trying to recreate it and find another one. 
Have you ever watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Ladies, it's a really funny show. It's Tina Fey wrote it, so you know it's funny. It's on Netflix. And um, it might be annoying or corny to some of you, but if you're really into feminine empowerment and you can read between the lines, it's got a very powerful message. So anywho, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is about her and a couple ladies that got locked in a bunker by a fake reverend who told them the world is coming to an end and he kept them down there as like sex slaves. They don't talk about it, but it's implied and all this other craziness. And one of the girls who's in the bunker, when they get free, they keep, you know, checking on them, like, where are they now? One of the girls kept going back to cults, whether she was starting a cult herself or whether she, uh, she you know, got drugged back into another cult. And it's like, she wasn't, she, she wasn't intentionally, like, I, you know, like, I don't think she was born to love being in a cult, but it was something that became part of her default. She didn't even realize that she was doing it. And that's the same way that I would get about putting myself back into a box. I would fight so hard to get out of a box, only put myself back in there. So coach, was that? I used to say coach. And that's not going to go away. Again, the frustration isn't with the title coach. The frustration is what it turned into. And I'm going to come back to that. But at the end of the day, um, I kept putting myself back in situations that I was trying to get out of. So when it comes to um, how is this, what does this have to do with your intuition? Well, I was denying something that my body, my soul was telling me, hey, we don't like this. Hey, we are not comfortable here. Hey, we do not feel like our fullest expression here. Hey, I feel like I have to be watered down. Hey, I feel like I have to say things this way or that I can't do this this way or else people won't like me. And it's like, the more that we make decisions like that based off of other people's comfort, the more tension that you put between yourself and your body or your intuition. Here comes another coughing spell. <coughs> okay. Well, going back, though, to what I'm specifically frustrated about with the coaching space, the niche thing was just one of several things. Um, but another one was just this. Yeah, I think that was just really it. That was one of the biggest ones was feeling like I had to be one thing and that that didn't allow me to be human. For my ultra, and these they're really well intending. So if they're listening, I love you guys. You guys are always trying to help me. I believe in you. I love you. Thank you so much. But um, men aren't really so much on that intuition side, right? And so when they're looking on the outside, looking in, everyone is just like, Bonnie, why aren't you further along yet? Bonnie, why aren't you doing this yet? Well, Bonnie, if you did this, then this would happen. And Bonnie, if you did that, and that'll happen. And for years, that was the game that I played. Like just running as fast as I can. Oh, I should do this. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, I should do this. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, I should do that. Okay, I should do this. And I was running so fast all the while ignoring everything that my body and that my intuition was trying to tell me. And finally, I had to realize like, listen, my body, my intuition is giving me very clear instructions on the path that I'm supposed to take. One where I know and I believe that my success is inevitable. Um, and, and because I know that I win, because I always do, that's what my life story has shown me. I'm not as focused on the win anymore. You know, I'm going to win. So I'm not worried about when. And for me, I just got into a point in my life where I was like, okay with that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this feels good. I can finally slow down, be present, be in the moment, enjoy my business, enjoy what I do, enjoy how, how I'm growing and how I'm learning and how I'm evolving, only to always be met with, well, you could be doing so much more, or you could be going so much faster. Well, this could be happening. And I just got to a snapping point where I was like, motherfucker. Like, when you 
I had to start taking my own advice, which is this, that I don't take advice from people whose lives don't look like how I want my life to look like. So these people that are always giving outside opinions, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a bad life because majority of the time it's people who are further along with dollar signs, <coughs> not spiritually, but are further along in other areas of their life and are like, come on, Bonnie, hurry up, run faster, run faster. And it's like, everyone knows, we all know the story, right? Of, of, of people who get so caught up on their business, their job, their fame, and all this other stuff that they, you know, end up, oh my gosh, at the end of my life, I didn't spend enough time with my kids. Well, in this past year that I started slowing down, I saw that happening. And I realized that my kid, I don't spend as much time with him. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to slow down and spend more time with my kid, even if that means putting boundaries on what time I take client calls or sales calls. Well, um, and I had to start evaluating what success meant to me. And the more that I did that, the more I could feel my body relaxing and the anxiety leaving and me and, and my body being like, yes, yes, we love this. And when I get into that state, it's so much easier for things to come naturally and to flow to me. That's what happens when you slow down and trust your intuition, right? And for me specifically, I can feel it in my solar plexus when like I'm aligned, like when I make a, when I get a good thought that is like on the same wavelength as my highest self, I can feel it in my solar plexus and it's just like dope. Hold on, more coughing's coming. <coughs> okay, so, um, all right, so how do you tap in more to your intuition? And let me give you, I got, what is this, five steps? Five steps, okay, cool. So step number one, you have to decondition from what society told you about you. I was always told I talk too much, um, a lot. And so that led to me not speaking when I needed to, even if that was to my own, I don't have words right now, not demise cause I'm still alive. Even if that was to my own harm, once we got for myself, uh, I wouldn't, they're just, I didn't use my voice because people told me I talk too much. So I decided that, or people said that my voice wasn't pretty, so I stopped singing. And so for all those years, um, my your intuition is your body. You can feel it within, ladies, right? And so I, I had told myself that a piece of my body, my voice, a piece of myself was not acceptable, cool, or, or great. So that's already me putting distance in between myself and my voice. Now imagine if my intuition says, hey, you need to speak right now, um, or hey, um, pick up the phone and tell someone you love them or whatever. But if I put this distance between myself and my voice, or I put this distance between myself and my body, it's not gonna, we're not gonna be, there's not gonna be good communication there. It's not gonna be free flowing. So that's one way that um, we have to be intentional, or that's one example about how I had to be intentional about deconditioning what society told me about myself. So the, the one, my voice, I'm trying to think of something else. Um, that you're a hopeless romantic. This was told to me. And the same person, if I had listened to people getting on me about being a hopeless romantic, 
when like after all the pain that I've went through, all of the abuse, all of the trauma, all of the just horrible things that no woman should have to go through after all of that if I wasn't a hopeless romantic my heart would be closed up and it wouldn't be open to love and it's really hard to accept or be in the receptive mode which is why a lot of women have a hard time manifesting because there's so much in their alpha or their masculine energy that they don't or their jaded hurt wounded energy that they can't open their hearts up to love and so when you can't open up your heart to love it's not just about love it's about being able to receive and if you can't open your heart up to receive, then it's going to make it very hard to manifest. So decondition from these ideas where people made fun of you for a certain thing, like that's who you are. That's, that's at your core. I want you to think when you were a little girl, some of the things that were told to you that you took to heart and that you started to strip away. Remember the castle? Hold on. I have coughs again, guys. I'm dying. <coughs> when I talk about shadow work, I use the example of the castle. When you're a kid, you have you are this huge castle full of so many rooms. And there's rooms where there's let's let's take someone's name, Jacob. There's messy Jacob, there's funny Jacob, there's smart Jacob, there's selfish Jacob, there's the caring, like each room is all these different personalities, different versions of you. And this person is about to get blocked. Yes, you are. Okay. Um so as you get older. And you have friends or teachers or relatives, they come into your house, your castle, and they look in rooms. Oh, that room looks like that. Ew, close that door. Don't let don't let the family see that room. Shut that door. Ew, don't come in here. Ew, God, no, ew, that's not acceptable. That's not cool. That's not what the kids are doing. And so little by little, as we get older, we close off all of the rooms to the doors in the castle that are our personality. And then we're kind of left, especially in our teenage years, with like this shell of who we are. And if we're not careful, we grow into this adult that is a shell of who we are. This especially happens when people get into relationships very early because in your form, like serious relationships, unhealthy relationships where the parents let you guys act like husband and wife in high school. And because your frontal lobe isn't fully developed and you don't really know too much about yourself or life, you start becoming who you are as you're meshed with this person. So maybe you really wanted, maybe you really didn't like something, but your significant other did. So you denied yourself, denied yourself because this is what they liked. And you see this a lot when people break up and they're like, I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't even know what kind of clothes I like to wear because they like to dress like this. I don't even know what kind of foods or what kind of things I want to do for fun because my whole life was them. People that go through things like that have a hard time trusting themselves and a hard time connecting with their intuition. So they literally have to decondition from that whole lifestyle um, that they, <coughs> that whole lifestyle that they lived or um, all of these, in, these factors that impacted them. This is so hard. I got to wrap this up because my throat's killing me. Um, so number one, decondition from what society told you. And the easiest way to do that is to think back to when you were a kid. Think back to all the fun, goofy, wonderful things that you thought that you said that you did that people made you ashamed of that you abandoned. Because the more this is this is part of inner child healing, actually. So so when you go back and you pick up this is why I do this is why I don't want to be called a coach. Because people will come to me for one thing and I'm like, ooh, inner child healing, ooh, shadow work, ooh, they need um, some new neural pathways, they need to do some serious brain rewiring, oh, they need hypnosis, oh, they need Reiki. And I hated that I had to be, oh, I'm a mindset coach or oh, I'm a lot, like, nah, this is, this is, this is the toolkit, what do you need? Okay, moving right along. Um, 
So when you go back and you reparent versions, that, that younger version of yourself and pick back up those pieces of yourself that you left in your childhood, um, it's almost like you're, you're literally picking up the pieces of yourself and putting them back into one place and you can become whole again. That's why I'm so heavy on shadow work. That's why I'm so heavy on inner child healing and the courses that are on sale today, like that's what they're all about. Go get them now because I like after today, like I'm putting them back at the price that they need to be because I'm bugging. Anywho, um, so deconditioning from society. Number two is slow down. It's very hard to hear what your body is telling you when you're going 1,001 miles per hour. This is the story of my life as someone with ADHD inside my body. It always, like when I sit down to meditate, it's the coolest thing ever because I realize just how fast my heart is beating all day long because internally my brain is just doing a thousand things and it doesn't seem wrong. I don't feel like I'm in a hurry. This is just what my brain is like 24 seven, unfortunately. And so for me to be able to slow down and listen to what my body is saying or slow down. And this is my favorite one, be able to listen to the conversation that's happening within. There have been times where I have slowed down and quieted my mind and heard the background noise, if you will. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm mean to myself. Why would I think that? That that was just nasty. That was mean girl talk. Is this this what's playing in the back of my head? Oh no. So slowing down allows you to not only feel what your body's trying to tell you, but also let you hear, right? I'm gonna get to the, this number two, the slowing down. Me taking a whole week off is how I came to the conclusion. I don't want to coach, um, like, you know, how the online coaching space has, says I have to anymore. There's not even any fucking regulation in the online coaching space. It's like the wild, wild west. That's why I'm so over it. Anywho, um, so slowing down connects with number three, which is eating well, self-care, and taking care of your body. I mentioned that intuition is connected to your body. So if you're abusing your body or you're disconnected from your body, you're not going to hear your intuition. When I would do Girl Get Your Life Level 1, which was a health coaching program, we're actually about to start one of those rounds up. Does it start in June? Yeah, I think in June it starts. Um, It's a group coaching. I'm going to take them through 12 weeks of one of my signature programs. So when we do that, one of the sessions that we go over is about honoring your hunger and your fullness. And it's super important that women learn this because a lot of women don't know their hunger cues because they've been so used to ignoring them. And just the same, a lot of people don't know their fullness cues because they wait, because they ignore their hunger cues. So they are now starving, which means they go get the most highly palatable palatable thing they can, sweet, tasty, yummy, soury, salty, fried, greasy, whatever. And they devour it, whether it's Chipotle or burrito, they devour it so quickly because they're so hungry because they ignored their hunger cues that now um, they've eaten past the point of satiety, which is fullness. (coughs) So they don't have their fullness cues. And this is where a lot of people live. Knowing when to stop eating and when to go is not just applicable to your eating because the way that you do one thing is the way that you do anything. So if you don't listen to your body when it says, I'm hungry, and if you don't listen to your stomach when it says, hey, stop eating because you don't know, because remember, number two, you gotta slow down, it's going to make it very hard to know what your body's trying to tell you. The same people that have a hard time differentiating between fear and excitement are the same people that probably don't know how to tell what, like, don't have good hunger cues. And if not hunger cues, we'll go with urine cues. 
I'm guilty of this. I ignored the urge to pee for years because of my job. And now it's like, oh snap, I don't realize it till it's too late. <laughs> Surprise. So getting, these are ways that we touch back into our intuition because your nervous system, right? The little, the little, the network that comes from your brain has nerves that reach every single part of your body. And one of the things that people like to say, it's very popular, is the mind and body connection. And that's technically like not a thing because it's just one thing. It's not like, it's like saying, hold on. <coughs> it's not like saying car and engine connection because you literally can take, or maybe it is. I don't know. Let me see if I like this analogy. They're not inseparable. Okay. Think of it like this, your eyeball. If you take your eyeball out, it's still attached to what? Your brain. So it's not like saying, oh, what your eye sees, it goes back and tells your brain. No, it's like my eye is a piece of my brain. It's just right here. And so it's kind of the same thing with the rest of your body. Like my knee is, is very much a part of my brain. Like they, there's nerves that are connected. They talk to each other. They are one. They are one. That's why people can still feel parts of their body when they're separated. It's not because you are physically conjoined in the same space. Like you guys are one. Like we out here. So it only makes sense. That if you're not taking good care of your mind, your body, and of course your soul, why there may be a some trouble with transmission and messages getting delivered. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. I'm not going to go too deep into that one because that's a rabbit hole I could stay in for a long time. Number four, um, which was essentially number three, eating and honor or listening and honoring your body. Listening to when you're actually tired and not staying up later to make people happy. <coughs> listening to when your body says things like, hey, you have to wake up early or you have an important thing to do tomorrow. Don't stay up talking to this man on the phone all night long just because y'all in love. Just little things like that. The more that you can build trust within yourself, because that's essentially what you're doing. When you listen to and honor your body, um, and whether it's your physical body or whether it's your body saying like, hey, this place doesn't feel safe, let's go. Or, hey, um, I don't like the way that he we're having sex. He needs to stop. Um, instead of just like, let, like, I'm getting serious. Like these are things women, like we don't speak up on or I didn't like, like so many little things. When you can start standing up for yourself on a consistent basis, it builds this trust with yourself. And when you have trust with yourself, guess what? Now, when your gut says something like, Hey, get the hell out of here. It's not safe here. You'll listen because you guys are like this. I remember one time when I was 16 ish. And I think I left my front door open for a little while. And back then I was selling drugs and I came home and something told me someone was in the house. I didn't hear anything. I didn't, I didn't like just something told me someone is in the house with you. And I was afraid to open the thing. And because I was back then, you know, hot girl in it up, I didn't want to call the police I was running late for work. And if you know me, I'm not punctual. So I was, you know, I probably didn't have, you know, this was my last chance. So rather than risk it, I went to work, came back, laptop was missing and a whole bunch of other things. My intuition knew something was there. And because of incidents like that, um, where I denied over and over again, 
I've had to rebuild that trust with myself by doing things like showing up for myself. That's why your fitness journey is so much more than a number on the scale. That's why we blend the two at mind and body because I don't think they're I don't think they're separable. They are the same thing. When you show up for yourself physically, you're telling yourself, hey, she's got me. Hey, I can trust her. So when I tell her to do something, she's gonna do it. And when she tells me to do something, I do it. Like you create this trust. That's how that is the simplest way that you can connect with your intuition. And then bonus. Bonus uh, tip number five is test it out. I was meditating yesterday and one of my friends came across my brain and my heart was just like, oh, like it was just ripped out of my chest for them. And so when things like that happen, I usually text people like, hey, what were you doing yesterday around 5, 30 p.m.? And then just see what their day was like. And when I, you know, usually correspond sometimes, you know, and that do it little things like that, just testing just to see if it's right. So um, that is that is my explanation of, of how someone who's never done any of this stuff before, the easiest way to start tapping into your intuition. Because once you start with the physical stuff, <coughs> and then you do the mental stuff, like the deconditioning, and then you go down the rabbit hole of spiritual woo-woo, um, it'll all just start to fall in line. So I hope that this was valuable for you guys. I do apologize for all the coughing. I did. I mean, it's actually 10 times better than it has been all week long. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, remember all of the Memorial Day sale courses, everything is in my bio. So go check that out. Everything ends tonight as well. And I'm going to go rest because we're clearly still sick. Have the best day of your entire life. Happy Memorial Day, guys.